what do you think like prepared you to like organize an event of this magnitude? Actually, my mom. 18-year-old Zoe Ture is out running errands in Uvalde, Texas, preparing for a party. She's with her mother, Vicky Ture, Free Press reporter Lily Altavina, and Free Press photojournalist Sarah Beth Maney. She's got her list of items and her budget. It's clear she's been watching her mom's event planning business. In fact, the first big party Zoe ever threw was for her mother. I took her phone, stole all of her contacts, and got, like, called. I called all my family members and calling everyone. I was like, can you bring this? Can you bring this? Bring this food? Can you bring this food? And we, like, surprised her with a big birthday party. How old were you? It was... It had to be 45. It was 45, so I was 12. Okay, I was 12. 11 or 12. Best birthday party I ever had. Now, Zoe and her mom are from Michigan. Zoe's a graduate of Oxford High School. A year ago, she hid, then ran from a school shooter who took the lives of four of her schoolmates, Tate Meir, Hannah St. Juliana, Madison Baldwin, and Justin Schilling. In Uvalde, they know all too well what that loss and terror feels like. Because the school shooting took place here just six months after Oxford. So Zoe flew down a couple weeks ago, along with other Oxford survivors, just ahead of Oxford's one-year remembrance. Zoe wanted to give the kids in Uvalde something she knew they might need. A chance to limbo, tie-dye, face paint, and laugh. Having that good mental health space where they can come and relax and not have to be defined as a school shooting survivor as well, but to also connect with other school shooting survivors. A chance to feel like the kids they are again and be with the only other kids who can understand what they've been going through. No matter how much therapy you do, the people who really understand what you're going through are the other survivors. From the moment she found out Zoe was coming down to reality, she was like, I have to be their mom and I'm going to I'm gonna get with Zoe so I can help her. <laughs> A few of the parents said that they were really like relieved and happy to see their kids enjoying themselves because for a lot of these kids, their joy was was taken from them. On this early special episode, the Free Press's Sarah Beth Maney takes us along on the visit to Uvalde. And we speak with Zoe Ture about the friendships made, her little bestie, and the joy they found with fellow survivors after tragedy. My name is Carrie Jr. II, and this is On The Line. Basically, how it all got started is the first time you met me, we were talking about how um, kind of like the connection and community among survivors. It was kind of the best experience for me to meet other survivors and be able to talk to them and connect with them because they understand what you've been through. They understand that children deserve to feel safe. If you've been sticking with us, you might remember Zoe Ture, a now Oxford High School graduate. After the tragic killing of four fellow students, she talked with us in May about what it meant to finish high school. I love creating that connection. I wanted these Rob students or Uvalde students to be able to have that connection as well. Zoe has been making big moves since we last spoke, like starting the organization C, which is an acronym for Survivors Embracing Each Other. And in a trip this month, she embraced the Rob Elementary School community in Uvalde, Texas, which saw 19 children and two teachers killed in May. So I got the idea to do a almost like play day, which is supposed to be loosely based around a field day. So we decided to go down to Uvalde. I was hoping to just connect with some of the survivors. And once I got to know Zoe and photograph her and hang out with her, she invited me to come along um, on her trip. That's Free Press photojournalist Sarah Beth Maney. She just graduated this past year. And after the 
Oxford High School tragedy, Zoe became really involved in activism. Our main goal is to create this community and make sure that we can stick together and come to each other. And so with these younger kids having that, um, just making sure that they can reach out to us about any and everything. Honestly, there's something in it for me, too, because it helps my healing to kind of deal with these different events and these different school shooting survivors and trying to help them any way I can through what I went through. And her organization was inspired by a trip she took to Washington, D.C. with March for Our Lives, where she felt really supported and united with the other survivors that she had met. And so she wanted to continue building those types of relationships. They had also started this program called the Oxford Legacy. And they their first initiative was to make 1,300 handmade blankets for students. So we put C together with the Oxford Legacy and they brought their resources and I brought my connections to Uvalde and my resources and we put it together to have this amazing event for these kids. So tell us about the experience. You've flown to Uvalde now and you all are driving up to the scene. What was it like driving into Uvalde? Can you tell us about what it's like going around and, and what your experience was when you first got there? Yeah, I had no idea what to expect. Um, arriving in Uvalde, I had never been to Uvalde before and so it was really quiet. Anywhere you go in the town, you can see remnants of sort of what happened at Robb Elementary School. Like you can see murals throughout the whole downtown area along different streets. In their plaza area, they have a fountain that has crosses all around it with all of the victims' names. And then on all the businesses, like restaurants and antique shops, there's always something in the window um, that says Uvalde Strong. So I think we have to get waters for the event. We have to get juice boxes. Um, the baby should be, like get candy, but we have to get, I think candy. We have to get stuff for tie-dyeing for the kids. And then I think tubs for like the, like waters and all that kind of stuff. And then plates and napkins and all the stuff for food. There's quite a bit. <laughs> so you all go run some errands the night before. Now the event takes place on Saturday. Yeah, on Saturday. There were a lot of different stations that were set up in the room. So there was a tie-dye station, there was a face painting station, and then there were games scattered throughout this like auditorium type of room. And so there was things like limbo and tug of war and just literally bouncy balls flying through uh, the room. So I had to dodge a few of them as I was taking photos and then there was also therapy dogs that were brought by some local volunteers from, I believe, San Antonio that they came down to to bring their dogs. One of the students, he said it best. He was talking about how we love having these kids being able to kind of like have fun with each other and all this momentous joy. I remember Zoe was really excited to meet Caitlin uh, Gonzalez, who is one of the survivors from the Uvalde tragedy, who also really catapulted into this like world of activism and being in the public eye. And Caitlin is only um, 10 years old and Zoe's 18. So Zoe um, has been in touch with her and, and been sort of like um, a big sister. That's my little bestie. So I actually met her at an Austin rally and I had heard of her before because I saw that she was kind of doing the things that I was doing. And she's one of the younger Rob survivors that's been speaking out as well. Like Zoe, Caitlin's experience has made her an advocate for school safety and gun control. She's addressed Uvalde school board members and spoken to U.S. senators in Washington, according to the Washington Post. And did we mention she's only 10 years old? And so I was like, this is amazing. I want to meet this girl so bad. And then I actually saw her at the event. 
we actually got introduced by John Cox from the Washington Post and he did an article on me. And so he was doing a story on Caitlin. Then I got the chance to do this event. And so I texted her and told her I was going to be in Uvalde and then I wanted to hang out with her. She ended up coming at 10 a.m. when I was there just to help us set up. And so we had a really good time together. I feel like she's she's able to like open up and she she feels like a connection with them. That's Gladys Gonzalez, Caitlin's mom. And from the moment she found out Zoe was coming down to Uvalde, she was like, I have to be their mom and I'm going to I'm going to get with Zoe so I can help her. <laughs> and then we hung out throughout the whole event. What do you like about Zoe? She's weird. <laughs> okay. What do you like about Caitlin? She's weird. No, I'm sorry. Who's weirder? Because like she's fun. You. She's you. weird. You. You're weirder. Burn. <laughs> I think we definitely connected just because um, being like school shooting survivors, first of all, and the fact that we both kind of got thrown almost into this political side of it, just because I know that everything moves so fast for me and same with her. But the weekend of the play day... Moving fast was less about the political and more about the fun. Caitlin and Zoe chasing each other through the halls and yelling with excitement at an arcade and working on their TikTok dances. Okay, I got it last time. I swear I got it. I can't do TikTok. Getting to spend time with the kids helped me because I've had to, I feel like I'm old because I had to grow up so much after our event. So they kind of helped me remember what it was like to be a kid and not have to just have meaningless fun. So like I did limbo, my back was killing me, but I did limbo and I did like running around. We did relay races and I've never been so achy at the end of a day, but it was so much meaningless, harmless, just not I'm a school shooting survivor, but I'm Zoe having fun with these kids. After the break, we get into the significance of the party's location, what the gathering meant for parents and kids, a fan of Zoe's, and what's next for the young organizer. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back talking with Free Press photojournalist Sarah Beth Maney and Oxford High graduate Zoe Ture about the play day Zoe organized for survivors in Uvalde, Texas. So, SB, roughly how many students from each school attended the event? I would say maybe about 15, 10 to 15 students from Oxford. If I were to guess how many students from Uvalde, I'd say coming in and out throughout the evening, probably around 50 or so. The kids from Uvalde were probably ages anywhere from like five to 10 or so, I would guess. And there were some younger kids there too. We also had people come in from the Uvalde community as well, not just the school shooting survivors, to be able to have fun because the community was at a loss as well. There was one person that stuck out to me who ended up showing up when I was with Zoe on Thursday night at Walmart running some errands. She 
was recognized by a Walmart employee who was helping her load the waters into her car. And I was like, he's probably thinking, I hate these women for making me carry 10 waters. So I was like apologizing. I felt so bad. And he recognized her from a local article in a Uvalde newspaper. And she invited him to the event and he came with his four-year-old son. And so that was really touching because he was also really like starstruck and excited to see her because he recognized her face um, from the newspaper. But for the most part, the event was really, the bulk of it was the parents and the students from Robb Elementary. They saw a lot of parents standing on the edges of the room or sitting down at a table in, in like a far corner and just smiling while they're watching their kid have a great time. And I know a few of the parents said that they were really like relieved and happy to see their kids enjoying themselves because for a lot of these kids, their joy was was taken from them. So as a photographer, you're paying close attention to these interactions during the event. Could you describe what moment really stuck out to you visually? I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it was going to be emotional for the kids, especially because at the Civic Center, that was where the parents waited to be reunited with their children. But I was really surprised to see that children were just having like the best time. We also don't want them to repress the fact that this event happened and to kind of dress it head on just so that they can get through the pain and get to a better place. It's also like a very hard topic to talk about, especially with kids, because you don't want to scare them. So we had different moments where some of the after students would talk to the kids and not necessarily say right out, how did you feel about the shooting? But they would say, how is it going back to school? Like I talked to one of the um, the students and I asked her, how is it going back to school? How do you feel? And then when the therapy dogs came in, I was able to get therapy animals of San Antonio to do a appearance. But I was asking her at school, do you guys have therapy dogs still? And how do those therapy dogs help you while you're at school while not getting too much into the topic, but also addressing some of it so that they don't necessarily repress all of it and then go through life holding on to that trauma? Did it seem like they were going to keep in touch? Yeah, absolutely. It seems like they're really wanting to maintain the relationships that they built during, even though it was just a few hours, because a lot of these kids said like, not many people understand what they've been through. I always get scared that my friends think I'm oversensitive when I'm like in loud places or things like that. Or like when you have flashbacks or when you hear fireworks, yeah. yeah. Right. And so it's really good having people who understand what it's like. That yeah. Sense, so. That 16-year-old Zoe Wiseman, who was at the scene of the 2018 shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, she also visited Uvalde. I mean, it's just hard to find people mm-hmm. like that are similar to you because I mean, Oxford, like, we haven't had a school shooting around that area um, at at all or in a very long time. And that's 17-year-old Josie Stoffin, a senior at Oxford High School. You know, I don't go around like, I was in a school shooting. I didn't hear from blah, blah, blah. You know, so it's like this space has allowed us to, like, get together. um, Yeah. Because... Yeah, I haven't really talked in person with yeah. someone else that's been through it. Well, I don't go to school in my town anymore, so no one at my school understands. But then I have all these friends who understand what I'm going through. Right. And so it makes me feel better, right? Yeah, I mean, because yeah. also, like, no matter how much therapy you do, no matter how much whatever you do, the people who really understand what you're going through are other survivors. Zoe created this sort of, like, pen pal thing where the young kids were able to put their names in a box and they're going to match, she's going to match them up with 
with like mentors or big brothers or big sisters so they can keep in touch. And so we're coming up on the one year since the shooting at Oxford. How are you approaching the one year? What are your thoughts about it? I haven't had many thoughts about it except for I just know that I know our community will come back together again, just how we did last year. So I think just making sure that I spend all that time healing and getting with friends and going back to Oxford. I'm excited to go back and see the class 2022 again because we all had to go off to different colleges and we all kind of separated after such a traumatic event that brought us closer. So honestly, I'm very excited to see everyone again and just kind of come back together as a community for that period of time. What are your plans now after graduation? Are there other plans for your organization? We want to do kind of like pop-up events where we go where a community has been hurting after such a tragic event and come in and just make a really fun day for these survivors and the community as well. So I know that um, we would definitely have to tweak it for like older school shooting survivors. So even like with the University of Virginia that just happened, we, as soon as I heard about that, I was like, I want to go put my next efforts there. Or with the school shooting that happened in Missouri not too long ago, I want to put my efforts there. So having these events, but just tweaking them to make sure there we have games for older students. There's plans for me separately. My organization, we are working on making it a 501c3 for sure. We have a website now, which is awesome. Um, and then just personal, I'm going to college at North Carolina a and I know we talked about that. <laughs> so I'm super excited about that. But that's also a big thing that's happening because I leave Michigan January 1st. Well, congratulations on that. Shout-outs to the HBCU family. <laughs> Welcome to the family. And then do you, do you know what you want to study? I'm going into sociology and anthropology. Awesome. Thank you for taking the time this morning, Zoe. Really appreciate you. Keep doing great work, and thank you. Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to share or anything I may have missed? Not that I can think of, except that was just probably one of the most amazing events I've ever been to. It's filled with so much love and light, so I can't wait to do the next one. And what do you want people to know about this? Just to remember that they are still kids who can have fun and who can run around and play limbo and jump on people's backs and hit people with bouncy balls and just have all this fun. And that they don't have to lose their childlike innocence just yet, even though this uh, event had to kind of force them to grow up. It shouldn't have to. Shout out to these survivors, man, for being able to put something like this together. That's that's remarkable. Yeah, they're amazing. Well, Sarah Beth, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Additional thank you to Free Press reporter Lily Altavina, who worked on this story and contributed some of the audio you hear in this episode, which was produced by me, Darcy Moran, and Robin Chan. Anjanette Delgado and Marianne Struman are our executive producers, and Peter Batia is our editor. The music for the show is called Fort Trumbull and was produced by DJ Lost Boy. Thanks for listening. And if you like the show, leave a rating and subscribe. It really makes a difference. Share it with your friends and family. Now, we won't have an episode coming up this Friday because this is this week's episode. So we'll see you all the way till next Friday. See you then. <laughs>